Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Bolden here. So glad to have you here with us today for episode 390 of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, today I'm joined by my good friend, colleague, former TSL student, and now facilitator of our VIP cohort program, the Mr. Eric Ream. Now, Eric's going to be uh, joining me to talk about creating a resource that's going to help you build your business and become one of the most valuable tools in your tool belt. Now, what is that that we might be talking about? We're talking about your abstract. Now, uh, we're going to break down the seven crucial components to creating a document that's going to help communicate who you are, the value you bring to an audience, and also help you get one step closer to booking that next big gig. Also, during our conversation, Eric's going to offer insights on each part of the abstract. He's going to share excerpts from his very own. Not only that, but you're going to feel more confident in how to create your own. And after this episode, you're going to understand why you need one and how it can work for you. Eric has found huge success in growing his speaking business over the last few years and is on pace to double his speaking revenue in 2022. He is in the trenches. He's riding the wave all the time. He's an absolute favorite among our TSL community and especially with our students who value his transparency and what it takes to strategically build and sustain a successful speaking business. There is something here for everyone. So let's get right to it. Here's my conversation on creating your abstract with Eric Ream. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Good to have you here with us today. Hey, I'm excited because we've got uh, Eric Ream who's joining us. Eric has been on the podcast numerous times, and uh, we're going to be talking about one of the main tools that he has used that has really made a significant difference in terms of building his business and not just building his business, but doing it quickly. Because here's the thing, there's a lot of potential distractions and shiny objects, and you can make a case for all of them in terms of websites and demo videos and social media, CRMs, cash flow, lead gen, pipelines, and these are all things we've talked about, all things that like absolutely do make a difference. But there's one particular tool that I don't know that we really spent much time talking about that I know has really made a big difference for Eric and his business. So, uh, Eric, thanks for joining us. How are you feeling today? I love this time of the year when we get a glimpse of what summer may be. And I, I just get excited. I get fired up. I can't wait. Get my pasty white skin, get get that out and and start to look normal again. I can't wait to get some color on my skin again, Grant. How about you? Uh, yes, I, I am also excited for you to get some color on your skin because I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at you right now. But hey, for uh, for context here, we're recording this at the beginning of 2022. Give us a quick snapshot here. Like what's your business shaping up to look like this year? I think one of the fun things about you and why you resonate with the audience so much is that you know, people have, have for, for, to some degree have seen, if, if they've been around the speaker lab for a minute, they've really kind of seen your trajectory over the past couple of years. And you were someone who went through uh, our program of, several years ago. It's made a big impact. Again, you've really implemented and applied it. So 2021 was a record year for you. You've got a new book coming out. So just give us a quick nutshell of like, what, how's 2022 shaping up for you so far? 
shaping up to be fantastic. I had a record year last year. In fact, I know it's a record year because I'm writing record amounts of checks to the government. Yeah, that's always a fun time. So <laughs> I just met with the tax guy and I had to write a big fat check in the middle of the year and I got to write another big fat check again. Luckily, I got the money to do it, but I had I set a record uh, in January, the most money I've ever made in a single month, which was fantastic. February looks like I'm going to match that and uh, I'm going to probably match the income I made last year, Grant in the first six months this year, if that tells you uh, how things are going. And it's going really great. I, I man, I, I did, it's just the momentum. I got the wind at my back. Life is good. The speaking industry is open and wide open. And I just happen to be riding the wave. It's fantastic. That's awesome, man. And again, you are, you're someone that not only is a practitioner, you're not only experiencing it, but also like you work with a lot of our students and are in the trenches. And again, not just from a hypothetical standpoint of like, no, here's, here's what I'm doing right now. I booked the gig this morning. Here's what I did. Here's the talk track. Here's something that they, you know, were up against, or here's whatever's happening in the world um, you're able to, to speak to. So I think that's a, a huge benefit. So again, today we're going to be talking about a, a tool that you have used that's made a big difference for you. So uh, let, let's pull back the curtain. What's this, this magic? magical tool that's that's making such a big impact for you uh it's called the abstract grant the abstract so this only thing i used in the beginning really in the beginning uh, you know i didn't really have the speaker lab you know i didn't have this beautiful machine that you have built good job by the way and i uh, didn't have a website i didn't have a demo video i didn't even have a crm i just had a dream and this abstract and what I liked about it is it really allowed me to keep things simple in the beginning. And I didn't realize how powerful it was at the time. I think I was just too naive to figure everything, figure out what was going on. I just was using it because it's all I had. But it streamlined my thinking was one, because I had to get everything on one page, which we'll talk about. But something that really allowed me to do that I'm excited to share with everyone today is it really allowed me to to kind of test the marketplace on an idea that I had. So I, and, and so I didn't get too far down a path to realize that is a dead end. Yeah. It really became a mechanism for me to kind of dip my toe in the water and say, is this something the marketplace or my industry or the, the group I want to speak to? Is this something they're interested in? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I can't wait, Grant. It's going to be awesome. Now, when we talk about an abstract, like I guess kind of define that because I, I know when I hear abstract, I think of like, art or painting, you know? So what are, we, what are we talking about as it relates to an abstract? Or like, what are the, the pieces that are part of an abstract? Yeah, I think probably the best way to, to, to really define it is just lay out what it is. And it's not a one sheet. That's something I think I hear a lot with speakers. I hear speakers throw out this idea of a one sheet. I think one sheets have become obsolete. I think one sheets were around when uh, websites weren't really prevalent. Right. And, you know, if you if you want to get a gig and want information, you're just basically sending out flyers and kind of a menu of things you can do. And that, that's gone to the wayside. If these, these days, if, if people want more information about you, then go to your website. The abstract is different, has a different way of, of bridging the gap. And so really it's made up of seven parts. So it's one page. Now, this is going to be, it's going to be hard to visualize on a podcast. The good news is in the show notes, we're going to put in there an example of what one looks like. And I'll give you another resource you can look at later if you got, if the audience wants to go look and see what a real life abstract looks like. But it has a professional headshot in it. It's got contact information, the title of your talk. The abstract is the, the meat of it. It's basically three to five sentences, Grant. It's like your elevator pitch. It's the mm -hmm. premise of your talk. Then you have the testimonial, learned objectives, and references. Those are the seven parts that make up the abstract. And it's all on one page. And we'll talk about why that's important in a second. Okay, let's start at the just start at the top there. The the headshot. Uh, now, is this something like I got to go to Glamour Shots? Is this something I can just take on my iPhone and do a selfie? Like what what should should that be? 
Well, I don't think it has to be glamour shots, but it's got to be professional because you are the product, right? And so if I'm a event planner and I'm thinking about hiring you, what I'm thinking about is how are you going to translate on stage? And so everything in the abstract is telling the uh, event planner, including what you look like, including, by the way, the audience can't see this, but you have beautiful facial hair that looks fantastic. Thanks. Not everybody wants a bearded man on stage. And so that will, it could eliminate you, especially if you're going to speak to like a banker's association or something like that. So they want to see a little bit what the product looks like. So I would say that Grant, you might, you might want to invest in having a photographer taking a couple of cool shots up for you there. So that's the first thing is just start with the professional headshot. Uh, then you go down to the contact information. There's really three to four elements. Now you need three. The fourth one, you don't need the beginning, but you do want to get one uh, eventually. Okay. So you want your name, obviously, uh, your email, phone, and website if you have one. It's real quick, quick and dirty. So if they say, this is who I am, this is where you can find me. It's pretty simple stuff right off the top. That's kind of like the boilerplate stuff. Then you want to have your title of your talk. Now, Grant, this is an area where we can overthink it. Okay. What's the title of one of your old talks, by the way? Throw throw the title. What was one of your titles? Uh, I did a talk called Being a Difference Maker, where we just yeah. talked about making an impact. Yeah. I have a title of a talk. It was called Why uh, Why You Should Become an Influencer or Why Becoming a Person of Influence Should Be a Number One Priority. Tor- terrible titles, right? Yeah. How much I do you got- think titles matter? I don't think it matters that much, honestly. I mean, I think it matters a bit. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to be like really bad, but I don't think it matters so much that you we spend a amount of time on it. You know, yeah. um, I never overthink my titles. I just get them out there. Another one of my titles is "The World Belongs to the Encourager." You know, I don't know if it's a great title. There's probably marketing students out there with degrees that'd be like, "Oh, this is why you shouldn't use that." I think we just don't overthink it. Let's get the title down. You can tweak it later. The main thing is keep it short and sweet. Right. Because event planner is going to put this on an agenda and they're picturing what does this title look like on my agenda, like on a, a conference sheet or something like that. And you want to make sure this, it has some kind of clarity about what the topic's about. Right. Like mm-hmm. I know what yours about being a difference maker. It's pretty obvious. Um, and then avoid what you want to do, though, is avoid like cute acronyms and trademarks. Right. Like we had the speak formula at the speaker lab, but I wouldn't put that in the title. I wouldn't say become a speaker using speak or something like that. I'd be mean, like. Uh, here's the five elements to become a professional speaker. That's a better title. So you don't want to use cute acronyms, anything like that, that makes it too mysterious and you got to burn too much calories trying to figure it out. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'd also echo that, um, that it kind of depends on the context where you're speaking. Meaning like if you're doing, if you're doing a keynote, uh, type presentation and you think about like, is this going to be put into a program of some form or something that people are going to be looking at? You know, if it's a keynote and you're kind of the main, the main slot there, uh, it's usually not going to be looking at that, whether or not they're going to determine if they're going to come to your session. Now, if you are one of, let's say five different breakouts that are all running concurrently, then that's going to be a little bit different of I'm the title is going to matter more in that context of people are determining whether or not they're going to come to yours versus the other four options. So you want to make sure that you get a really strong, compelling title there. So yeah, the context definitely matters. Um, but at the same time, like a, a title can only tell you so much. Uh, the, the, I think the, the other parts that we're going to be talking about here, the abstract itself, the, learning objectives. That's where is really kind of the meat and potatoes of, of people, uh, especially an event planner who's determining whether or not this is going to be a good fit. So we've got the uh, the headshot, the contact information, the title of the talk. And then we've got, uh, you mentioned the, the abstract or the premise, like kind of, kind of explain that. Okay. So this is the elevator pitch. This is three to five sentences. Let me say it again. It's three to five sentences. You don't want to overdo this. It's got to be quick and it's got to be clear and concise. The reason why this is important, you're going to hear me say this a lot, is because an, an event planner 
on average, I've, I had, I've had one event planner tell me this specifically that he would get about 50 pitches a day on wow. email. And that's, a, that's like on an easy day. So think about that and think about it's a Friday afternoon and this is like 350th pitch he's seen, right? Or she's seen. If you've got something that's hard to read or something that's long and it's, it's just too much, takes too much time and energy, they're just going to put you in the no pile. They're looking for reasons to not move forward with you. Yes. That's why it's got to be clear. It's got to be concise. It's got to be easy to consume. And you'll hear that theme a lot. So in the elevator pitch, the three to five sentence, the abstract itself, there's three parts to it. Part one is clearly identify the problem you solve. Just throw it out there. This is the problem. Number two is establish your credibility. And you don't, this isn't where you put in your whole story. It's something like uh, leveraging my 15 years experience as a special investigator. I deliver this, you know, I give the credibility in literally a couple words. And then you present your solution or transformation. So those are the three parts you want to do in three to five sentences. Now, here's an example. This is an actual premise in one of my talks. You ready for this, Grant? Ready. You're going to want to hire me after you hear this. All right. You ready? Hit me All right. It. So life is hard and challenging, especially with change as your constant companion. However, there is one relationship tool that will never become obsolete. Encouragement. Okay. So I've just thrown out the problem, right? It's change. It's constant. That, that, that kind of stuff, right? Then I put in, this is the solution. The solution is this relationship tool called encouragement. In this motivational talk, I share a compelling real-world story of rags to riches and will invite the audience to embrace the idea of becoming an encourager and show them why it's their greatest investment for success. Now, on a piece of paper, if you look at this grant, it's only a few lines. It's like it's less than five sentences long. It doesn't take yep. up a lot of room. And in that those, those few lines, it tells you exactly what my talk's about. Now, good or bad, the event planner can make a decision right there. Nah, I don't really think this fits. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's what this is all about. It's I'm trying to clear the decks on who wants to work with me and who doesn't want to work with me. Work with me. What are your thoughts on that? Now, an event planner can look at this and, and determine based on the talk whether or not it's a fit. But mm -hmm. one thing that play devil's advocate here is maybe this is the talk, but how do I know that you're the person that should be presenting this? How do I know? Like, I don't know a ton about your, your background or your qualifications or anything like that. So does that fit in? And again, I feel like that's the thing that speakers oftentimes default to of, I need to tell my whole bio. I need to, I got a 97 paragraph, uh, a bio that I don't want to let, let go to the wayside. Like I got to make sure that they know my, my whole life story. Um, so where does that fit in? If at all, it doesn't at all. What, where, where it fits in is really in the testimonial because it's social proof of somebody saying I've heard Eric speak, or I can testify to his expertise. All right. And in the references that you put in there, that's social proof. All the event planners looking for at this at this point is, is this a talk that fits my agenda? And can I see this fitting into my conference? They will look at you later. They'll evaluate, evaluate you later. Right now, they're evaluating the talk itself. Don't waste any time trying to tell them about you. They're not interested in that. They're interested in does my audience want this solution to their problem? That's the key. Hey friends, I got a question for you. Considering where you are in your speaking journey, what are your next steps to take your speaking career to the next level? 
If your answer is, I, I have no idea or I have too many ideas, I don't know where to start, let me give you what I believe is the best next step that you can take. I want you to book a call with the Speaker Lab team today over at thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach to see if our personalized coaching program is right for you. We have helped literally thousands of speakers from all over the world find and book more speaking gigs, and we'd love to see if we could help you as well. Our personalized coaching program features done-for-you websites, done-for-you demo videos, weekly coaching calls, access to all of our educational content. We find speaking leads specifically for you and so much more. You've got the talent. You've got the drive. Let us give you the plan to execute. All you got to do is book your call today by going to thespeakerlab.com slash coach. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash coach. All right, so we've got the again, just kind of recap here. We've got the headshot, contact information, title of the talk, abstract, kind of the, and when we talk about abstract, kind of the premise of the talk. All right, what 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 comes next? The testimonial. Now, the testimonial is optional. If you don't have one yet, don't freak out if you don't. And the testimonial doesn't necessarily have to be a testimonial on you speaking, Grant. It could be a testimonial on your expertise. So if you're uh, like a special investigator or a professor on a, uh, economics or something like that. Someone can testify that, yeah, this person's legit. They are really good at what they do. They're professional, that kind of thing. It needs, it's going to provide social proof, but it's got to be short and concise. It, it can't be like four or five sentences. Nobody's going to read that. All this is is, an, is is to show them that you're legit. One is one sentences, two sentences max. Okay. So an example, here's one. Eric, Eric Speaker's evaluations rated among the highest I've ever seen at a, uh, for a conference speaker. That was from an event planner. Yep. That's very short and sweet and easy. No, again, it's kind of this chicken egg situation. Like you need, it's almost like you need testimonials um, to get bookings. You need bookings in order to get testimonials. So what do you do at the beginning when you, you just, you don't have any? I don't put it in there. I just leave it out. The event planner doesn't know that I was supposed to have one in there. They don't even think about it. They just right. see, they focus more on the objectives and things like that. So I only put it in there and, and, and once I have one, so you don't have to have it. It's optional, but it will be nice down the road. By the way, when you work with us, our coaches, we teach you how to get testimonials as you start speaking. Yeah. And actually we did a podcast episode a while back on this episode 111, all about how and where to get testimonials, kind of walks through the, the, the framework of that. Um, so that's also worth, worth checking out. Okay. So after the, the abstract, the premise, you got some testimonials in there, then you've got the, the learning objectives. What, what's the learning objectives and also like, how's the learning objectives different than what the premise is? Yeah. Learn, the learning objectives are the secret sauce. Now I'm getting Grant excited right now. I'm getting you excited because we're about to drink us the food, right? Come on, we always got to bring it to food. So this is the this is the secret sauce, and I will tell you, this is probably the number one thing because I, I I'm I've been in business not long enough now since 2014 that I'm starting to really become pretty close with a lot of event planners, and this is the one thing that they tell me that bugs them the most is that speakers come in too vague, and they they can't figure out exactly what their audience is going to get. The whole point of learning objectives here is you got to show the event planner, this is exactly what my audience is going to walk away with. So this is very important. So hear me on this one. So uh, what you're looking for here is you want to, you know, three to five clear objectives that are specific and they're tangible, meaning that they can almost picture that person on stage giving those objectives. Okay. Um, so it could be three to five things. Um, and you know, I'll give you an example. Let's give me, that's probably the best way of doing it. Here are three. So I, I've been going through my abstract with you here. So here are three learning objectives that I have. 
By the way, you want to start with verbs too, by the way. So they want to be kind of a, a verb because that's kind of an action statement. So discover how encouragement starts from within and how to apply three principles to become comfortable with your, your own world. More, if you can put numbers in there, what I found, Grant, is that event planners like that. They like numbers. Like, don't tell me uh, you're going to learn principles. Tell me how many principles I'm going to learn. So if whenever you can put tangible numbers in there, that's good. Here's another one. Learn the three keys to encouraging others and why it's important for long-term success. Now, good or bad, the event planner knows specifically, okay, this is what they're going to get. They can evaluate whether or not they want them to get that, but now they can make a meaningful decision based on these. Right. And the last one is, Learn how encouragement attracts success. Those, those, those are the three objectives I have on my abstract. I've gotten hired for many times. I also think this is the coming up with the learning objectives. It's just a really, really good exercise for speakers just to get really clear on that because it's, it's one thing to have a, a talk or an idea of a talk, but when you really kind of boil it down to like, okay, but what's the, what's, what's an audience going to leave with as a result of your presentation or talk? If you're not clear with that, you haven't taken the time to like really consolidate that down to determine what that is. If you're not clear for it, there's no chance that an event planner or a decision maker is going to be clear on that. So just the exercise of creating those learning objectives of making them super crunchy and crispy, like really can go, go a long way there. So after you've got the, the learning objectives, then you have the uh, references. And, and one thing I'd be curious on is, is what's the difference between references and testimonials? Why do you need both and what purpose do they each serve? Well, they're both social proof is what it is. And you're letting the event planner know that you're legit, you're professional, and that you'll stand by your product and you have people that will vouch for you. The usually the the uh, testimonial is someone who's experienced your expertise or they've experienced your talk and they're a raving fan and they wanted to express that. That's good because the event planner will look at a testimonial and they can picture their own evaluations and people saying this speaker was great, which, by the way, event planners love because it makes them look good as well. So they can almost picture their audience giving raving reviews and that's what they want. But the references are a way for uh, an event planner. It's a security blanket for them. Knowing that if you're willing to put, if two people are willing to put their name to you and are willing to take a call or an email to vouch for, yeah, Grant is legit. He's spoken at my event or I've heard him speak. He's good. Or what he's claiming that he's an expert in, he definitely is an expert in. Now, most of the time, event planners aren't going to call those references. I've had it had a couple of times, but not a lot. All it is is showing that I'm, I'm legit, I'm a professional, and I'm willing to stand by that. And here are two professionals. And what's nice about it is when you show their, their titles, like that's impressive. It could be yeah. another event planner. It could be a president, a senior vice president. This All it does is legitimize you as a professional. Now, the key is you got to get uh, an agreement from those folks. Right? I just can't throw your name out there without you giving me permission. So you got to get permission to use someone as a reference. But once you get permission, you want to have at least one, maybe two of them on there. Okay. Uh, and when you say get permission, is that as simple as just shooting them an email or a text, depending on the nature of the relationship? And hey, I was mm -hmm. wondering if I could put you down on this. Yeah. Yeah. Just say, hey, I'd like to do this. Are you okay with that? I, I mean, we've all been asked to be a reference before. It's that simple. Gotcha. Cool. Uh, and then another question I'd have on the uh, the references part is, um, are you customizing not just the references, but the entire abstract, depending on the nature of the event? Meaning like, let's say you're going to do this talk with, with any client that you work with, but let's say you're pitching this to a banking client and you've got some banking testimonials, you've got some banking uh, references. You can take those learning objectives and make them like banking references. Uh, are you, do you typically do that? Do you do a lot of customization to make it more specific to the event planner and the industry that they're in? 
Uh, I do not, because if you do what we teach, Grant, you're probably talking to a specific audience, right? right. And so my audience is our utilities. And so uh, most, almost all my references are utility folks. And so um, very rarely am I going outside of my audience. If I were to do that, then yes, if I had specific references that would speak to the audience, and I would definitely do that. But if you're doing what we teach, you want to stick to a specific industry. And so you won't have to worry about that as much. Now, one thing that is not on here, as far as, uh, as I know that you haven't said is price. Do you put price on here? How does that fit? Yeah, that's a good question. So the difference between an abstract and a proposal, you ready for this? Ready. Is price. Right. That's it. So when you and I talk, Rand, and you say, I need more information, I send you my abstract. Then if you say, hey, can you send me a proposal? I send you the abstract with the, with the price on it. That's the only difference. And so I always keep the price off because you never want to talk about price if you can avoid it, unless you're talking to someone on the phone. What I don't want to do is I send you uh, an email. I said, I'd love to chat with you about your event. And you say, can you send me more information? I send you the abstract with the price on it. And now you're making an evaluation based on the price before that's premature. Cause we can, I'm flexible. We can have a discussion on that. So you try to avoid that if you can. You also want to just get some more specifics of, in terms of like what they're looking for. So for example, yeah. uh, I know you just went through this process as well. We have a, uh, you have a twin, twin boys who just turned 16. You helped them buy a car. Our oldest will be 16 in a couple of weeks. We helped her buy a car recently. And so it's like, it's almost like calling a car dealer and say, Hey, I'm interested. Can you, how much does a car cost? They're like, well, you know, we need some more information. It's like, no, no, just send me the price. It's like, there, there's a lot of variables that go into it. Meaning like from a speaking standpoint, are you just showing up and speaking one time? Are you doing multiple things? Are you doing multiple things over the couple of months? You're just doing one presentation, then maybe some ongoing coaching. Uh, what, what do they actually need? Cause that's going to determine the price, you know? Uh, so you, you want to get that information from them. And so hopefully, I guess put it this way, like is the, is the goal for the abstract to then ideally get them on the phone or what are you hoping that the abstract leads to? Okay. Yeah. Well, the abstract um, the only reason I have an abstract is when they ask for more information. I don't lead with it ever. And they, we, we may talk more about that in a second, but that's the main thing is all I'm trying to do when I'm prospecting is I want to get you on the phone. Yeah. So Grant, I'm pushing to, Hey, let's get you on the phone. But if you give me that two-step, meaning that I need more information first, that's when I pull out an abstract and say, here's an example of a talk that I think might be a good fit for your audience. Uh, I see attached or here's a link to it. I've got these dates and times to talk about it. What works best for you? That's the only reason I use it is I just use it if they need more information. There's a lot of times I will get people on the phone without even using the abstract. Now what I'll do is I'll get in the proposal phase and I'll just put, I'll put the price on it and then submit it as a pro proposal if they decide to move forward with me. Now we touched on this at the, at the beginning, like you, you talked about like, this has been a, like a complete game changer for you. So like, what oh, do you yeah. think it is about the abstract though? That, that like, why is this so powerful? All right. Well, there's uh, four reasons for it. Okay. Um, the first one is it streamlines your thinking. It forces you. It, it's a constraint that I think is necessary that forces you to cut to the chase. It forces you to say, okay, what is this thing really about? One of the hard things for a lot of speakers, especially people that are very successful in life, it's hard for them to streamline 30 years of experience on the one page. Well, mm -hmm. if you can't get it on one page, the event planner is not, they don't want to work with you because you don't have clarity of thinking. So it provides clarity of thinking. That's number one. 
Uh, the second, Let me jump in on that real quick. Yeah, go it kind of reminds me of like like when Twitter first came out years ago and they were limited to 140 characters. Like there's a there's like a force constraint there that makes it more difficult to like I can just ramble and ramble and ramble. No, no, you got 140 characters and every character matters. You got to think about every word and everything. So like really constricting it to one page or even ideally less than one page and just like what's the absolute bare minimum that you need there to get the point across, but also to make it you know powerful and, and concise versus yeah. just going on and on and on. So I, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Unless you're your buddy, Brian Harris and him, he'll do like 30 Twitters tweets at once, right? Just all next, next and get it all in there. Some people like to go the thread <laughs> route. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the second reason on the flip side of it, it's good for event planners because event planners, they don't want to read 14 pages. It, it, they're busy. They're human beings. They're trying to get through life. They're trying to buy a car for their daughter. You know, they got all kinds of stuff going on. The last thing they want to do is pour through uh, war and peace, right? They don't want to see this big PhD dissertation type of thing. It also, what it does is it it presents to the event planner that you know what you're talking about. You have a mm -hmm. good grasp on the subject and you're an effective communicator. Is You're basically auditioning. You're showing them that, hey, if, he's, if, if he or she is this good on a piece of paper, they're going to be that they're going to be that dialed in on stage. So right. it kind of gives an indicator of what it's going to be like to work with you. Cool. All right. Number three, uh, third reason is an effective way to test your talk with the market. This is the game changer for me. I, I got to tell you, there were times that I had some uh, proposals or not proposals, but abstracts I thought were beautiful. You know, one of them was um, the 11 leadership lessons taught at West Point. I thought everybody would want this talk. Well, guess what? Nobody cared. It totally bombed. Well, you know what? I had no, there was no skin in the game. It didn't matter. I, I, okay, I'll pivot. I'll try something else. I didn't have a website about West Point leadership principles. I didn't have business cards printed out about West Point leadership principles. So I was able to pivot. There's a lot of abstracts on the cutting room floor that never went anywhere. So it's a beautiful way to test the market. It's awesome. And then the last reason I love this grant is it eliminates excuses. How many times have we worked with speakers and like, well, I haven't got out there and talked to anybody yet because I'm working on my website. I'm working on my demo reel. I'm working on all these other things. Well, you don't need to work on all that. All you can, all you need to do is get this abstract out there and see what happens. It eliminates all the excuses. Right. So you really don't need all that stuff in the beginning. Now you need it eventually to have a long-term success, but in the beginning, all you need is this abstract. By the way, I still use my abstracts to test other ideas that I want to test in the marketplace. It's a beautiful thing. Now, one thing that, again, is obviously not on the, a piece of paper that you're going to be sending to someone um, that, and that you kind of touched on there is a demo video. You know, let, let's say that uh, they have, they feel confident that, yes, you are you have some qualifications that you know what you're talking about on this. Let's say that they feel good on the just the content, the learning objectives. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a great speaker or that you would be necessarily a great fit for their audience. So do you, have you got any pushback on that or just thoughts in general on not having a demo video in conjunction with this? Oh yeah. I get this all the time. Now, Grant, I don't know if I told you this or not, but I'm actually taking ballroom dancing lessons. Come on I, now. I was Can not you... aware of this, but I'm excited. Yes. I don't yes. know where this is going. I'm yeah. They call me Fred Astaire here in Bloomington. But uh, so my kids have cars now, all three of them. I have an 18 year old and twin boys that are 16 and that means my wife and I have freedom and we can actually do stuff. And so I said, you know what? Let's do some ballroom dancing. I, I got this itch I need to scratch. Let's go out. Let's try some salsa. Let's try all this cool stuff. Well, what I've been learning as a lead in ballroom dancing is that you have to sometimes pivot with the music and you have to maybe pivot based on the steps you're trying to make. Well, when you're talking to an event planner, all you're doing is dancing with the event planner. 
So when an event planner says, hey, let me check your website out, they may not necessarily need to see your website. They just need more information about you. If you don't have a website, you don't have to freak out and say, I don't have a website. You just got to pivot with your dance partner, the event planner, and say, great, I got some information for you. Here's an abstract on specifically a topic that I think your audience is going to like. Let's get on the phone and discuss it. So I didn't say I didn't have a website. Instead, I said, I've got this abstract. Let's discuss it. And so you're just pivoting. By the way, here's something I think is going to be a good thing for everyone to hear. Um, you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Just remember that. And you can't say the right thing to the wrong person. I tell students this all the time because they freak out. They think, oh, I got to get it all right. No, you don't. All you got to do is show up, present yourself as a professional speaker, and the right people are going to hire you. So mm. that's an aha moment for a lot of students, I think, or a lot of speakers. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we, at this point, let's assume that we've got, you know, kind of a, our, our best rough draft of this. And again, I, my assumption is this is kind of a work in progress where you're going to get better testimonials. You're going to maybe redefine like, okay, these two learning objectives are solid. Like this one, I'm going to play with the wording on. I'm going to get a new uh, picture that I'm going to be updating there, a new headshot. And so some of these things may tweak and evolve over time. But let's assume at this point, you've got uh, the, your, your version 1.0 there. What, like, again, what do you, what do you do with it? You mentioned like you may mm -hmm. be sending it when people are asking for more information. Are you mm -hmm. sending this out cold ever? Mm -hmm. Like what's no. the context of, of when you're using this or how you're using this? I never lead with that, any of that stuff, by the way, uh, one of the tips I've learned when it comes to uh, prospecting less is more, uh, which by the way, my wife says all the time when I'm cooking, apparently I put way too much stuff and ingredients. And so I've learned that lesson less is more. And so what I'll do is I'll send one or two lines in an email just to try to get you to respond back to get you on the phone. Yep. I just keep the abstract in my back pocket. That's it. I only use it when someone says, let me have more information or let me see your website or I need, I can't get on the phone until I get a little more about what's going on. Then I throw the out abstract out. That's the only time I use it. Now, let me give you some examples of other ways in which I use it. So, well, first of all, I told you if I need more information, the other one is after a phone conversation. So I actually get you on the phone and you say, you say something like, Hey, Eric, this is great, but listen, you know, I got a committee and they're going to need some information. What do you got for me? And I'll say, Hey, I got, I got an abstract. I'll send you on the talk. We discussed, let me send that to you. You send that to committee. Let me know um, if I can do anything else to help you. And so I'll send them the abstract then. So that's another way. Now, something I'm doing now, and actually everybody go check this out that's listening. If you go to my website, ericream.com, my website just launched and you go under services, you'll see all the different uh, talks I have. You can actually download at the abstract for every one of my talks. This is a new thing I'm doing now. So event okay. players can literally go download it. So again, and, and I guess in kind of summary, well, first of all, let's walk back through what the elements are. Uh, you've got the, the headshot, contact information, title of your talk, the abstract or the premise, the testimonial, learning objectives, and then the references. Um, any final words in terms of like how this has made such an impact or, or why this has been so important in your business? Yeah, here's what I would say is just get one abstract. Don't overthink it and think, well, I got four or five different talks and all that. Which one should I do? Just pick one, get the abstract done, focus on that, get it out in the marketplace, and you can always expand from there. Grant, this truly is the tool that continues to drive my business. It's so freaking simple. In fact, it's almost demotivating sometimes when I meet with the speakers or people that are students because, you know, for whatever reason, right or wrong, good or bad, I'm, my business is going really well. And so people are expecting this really complicated thing. And when I show them the abstract, even like professional marketers are like, really, that's it? I'm like, yeah. Does it have to be complicated? It's that simple. So I would definitely start with just getting your first abstract done and check out our, our notes. You can get an example of one You can go to my website. I got tons of examples on there and you'll be off to the races.
Awesome. Eric, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Nice hanging with you, man. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.